12, uh, starting at verse 46. So Matthew 12, 46, on to 50. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to them, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. The other reading comes from John chapter 19, verses 26 and 27. So John chapter 19, verses 26 and 27. Okay, when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciples whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Okay, so this morning we're going to be looking at being a mum and what that looks like in the life of our church. What I'll be talking about applies to everyone though and whether you're a mum or not, I hope you hear the message that God has for you this morning. It can be so hard being a mum, even when everything is going well. And I saw a post on Facebook recently that I think pretty much sums up motherhood for me and it said, I'm not saying parenting is hard, I'm just saying I was a lot better at it before I had kids. And the comment at the bottom of the post was, my hypothetical parenting was perfect. I thought that summed it up pretty well. I wonder if we see being a mum as a frontline ministry. Do we see mums as missionaries in our own homes? Do we support our mums as if they are in frontline ministry? When you are bogged down with snotty noses, constant accidents, fighting, meltdowns and who knows what else in a day, it's easy to be discouraged and to think, what have I actually achieved as a mum? But motherhood is a frontline ministry. A friend sent me an article a few weeks ago about motherhood being a frontline ministry and it was by Rachel Yankovic and it says, there's a good old saying that distance adds intrigue. It is certainly true. Just think back to anything that has ever been distant from you that is now near. Your driver's licence, marriage, children, things that seemed to, used to seem so fascinating, but as they draw near, become less mystical and more well real. The same principle applies to mission fields too. The closer you get to home, the less intriguing the work of sacrifice seems. As someone once said, everyone wants to save the world, but no one wants to help mum with the dishes. When you are a mother at home with your children, the church is not clamouring for monthly ministry updates. When you talk to other believers, there is not kind of any awe about what you are sacrificing for the gospel. People are not pressing you for needs you might have, how they can pray for you. It does not feel intriguing or glamorous. Your work is normal because it's as close to home as it can possibly be. Being a mum is not always intriguing. It doesn't have a mysterious or fascinating quality. It does not arouse the curiosity of, or interest of others. The article goes on to say, It is easy to become discouraged, thinking that the work you are doing does not matter much. If you were really doing something for Christ, you would be out there, somewhere else doing it. 
If you have a great perspective on your role in the kingdom, it is easy to lose sight of it in the mismatched socks, in the morning sickness, in the dirty dishes. It is easy to confuse intrigue with value and begin viewing yourself as the least valuable part of the kingdom. Being a mum is so invaluable. But when we're in the midst of it, it can feel a lot less like ministry and more like misery. (laughs) But our work as mums is an integral part of God's kingdom. In the midst of everything, it can feel hopeless. The dirty dishes, the accidents and breakages of your favourite things, and for that matter, the accidents and the breakages of the children. The fights, the temper tantrums, the lies, the endless questions, and that can all happen in five minutes. But in the midst of all that, we are in frontline ministry. We are showing God's love and are his witnesses to the gospel by sharing it with those in our own homes. And by doing that, we're building and encouraging people who will be the next in line to do God's work. Our work isn't intriguing, but it is invaluable. Our impact as mums often feels minimal, yet in the hands of Christ, what seems a small thing can have a big impact in the kingdom. Remember that five loaves, five fish and two loaves of bread fed 5,000 in the hands of Christ and there were leftovers. Matthew 25 verse 40 tells us that whatever you did for the least of one of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Anything we do and give for God's kingdom is not done or given in vain. We may not see the immediate impact in what we do or give as mums, but the impact will be there. Our theme in our church this year has been to be all in. And as mums, we need to be that all in too. The article on motherhood went on to say, cheerfully wipe the nose for the 50th time today. Make dinner again for the people who don't like green beans. Laugh when your plans are thwarted by a vomiting child. Lay yourself down for the people here with you, the people who annoy you, the people who get in your way, the people who take up so much of your time that you can't read anymore. Rejoice in them, sacrifice them for them. Not sacrifice them, no, (laughs) sacrifice for them. (laughs) Wrong train of thought. The, The article is telling us to be all in for them. If you haven't had a chance to read the book All In Yet, I really encourage you to do that and it'll be available up at the check-in desk this morning if you haven't got one. It's a great encouragement. Is it easier said than done to be an all-in mum or dad? Absolutely. Believe me when I say that I am speaking to myself more than anyone else this morning. One day recently as I was trying to write this sermon... Um, I was trying to get the children to tidy their rooms, refereeing fights, getting fingers unstuck from whatever the child had stuck them in, dealing with sick kids, preparing meals, trying to reduce a pile of washing that never seems to get any smaller, patching wounds and a dozen other things. And yes, I kept a list as I was sitting there because even I couldn't believe the drama that day. (laughs) So there was nothing intriguing in anything I did that morning or do as a mum on any other day. I strive to be all in, but my humanness gets in the way more often than I can count. Like I said before, my hypothetical parenting is perfect. Real parenting has little intrigue, but is infinitely, infinitely valuable. So what should we aim for as mums? The Proverbs 31 woman sets up the ideal wife and mother. And the description of her is so amazing that it seems a daunting task to try and live up to her. The passage is titled, A Wife of Noble Character. And it begins in Proverbs 31 verse 10. 
a verse or two in and I have well and truly failed. I do not get up before dawn to provide breakfast for my household. They get their own. In fact, I don't really do getting up before dawn unless I have to. I don't buy property or run a vineyard. However, the passage comes to its point in verse 30. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. All these characteristics of this woman, who is more precious than rubies, is possible because she fears the Lord. The word fear used here is translated from the Hebrew word yira, and I'm sorry if I butcher that, and the English word fear just doesn't do it justice. The Hebrew word includes the idea of awe and wonder. It includes the idea of amazement, mystery, astonishment, gratitude, admiration and worship. It includes an overwhelming sense of glory, worth and beauty of the one true God. The word fear just doesn't sum that up quite as well. Nick told us last week that our identity is to be a worshipper and Christy told us that worship is a verb. Worship is an action. It's our response, the outward sign that within we fear the Lord and we have that overwhelming sense of glory, worth and beauty of the one true God. The Proverbs 31 woman is able to do everything she does as a wife and mum. She is more precious than rubies because she lives with fear of the Lord or Yira. And the outflow of that is she is living an identity as a worshipper. If we too strive in Yira, then we too will live out an identity as worshippers. Everything we do will be because we have an overwhelming sense of the glory, worth and beauty of the one true God. Everything we do will be an outpouring or overflow of worship to God and we too will be seen as more precious than rubies. What would our parenting look like if we did it as an act of worship to God? What would it look like if we were all in like this woman is? Our children will make their own decisions of faith and we have no control over that. But our beauty does not come from our children's decisions. Our charm comes from our faith in God at our core. That charm brings a beauty that will outlast the physical. It is a beauty that comes from our own decision of having Christ within us and choosing to strive to be all in for him in all we do. It's a beauty that comes from living our true identity as worshippers of God. Some days that is easier than others, but our God is a graceful God and we just need to shake off a bad day and start a new one focused on him. So far we've been talking about those we mother in our own households, those kids who are ours, biological or adoptive. But I believe motherhood is far greater than being a mum within our own homes. As Christians, I believe we are to see motherhood outside the stereotypical family unit. We are one body, one family of believers. I'm a mum to all of you, but I'm also your sister, your aunt, your daughter. Being a mum as a Christian extends far beyond biology. We're to think outside the box. Motherhood was modelled to me in two main ways. And the first was through my biological mum sitting over there and I'll embarrass her because I'm allowed to do that sometimes. My sister and I grew up with two Christian parents who treat pretty much everyone that walks in their door as family. Everyone who enters the house gets fed. Christmas was for family, which actually meant everyone who needed a place to be and to be fed that day. 
Mum's always blessed people through her kitchen. Anyone who walks in her house at the right time gets fed. She made the mistake one day of telling one of my friends to make himself at home and from that point onwards, leftovers went missing, stuff in the pantry went missing every time he came over. I think she regretted that. But anyone who walks in her door is offered a cuppa, whatever cake or slice she has in the cupboard. And that applies to visitors as well as tradies who learn very quickly not to pack their lunch when they come to work at mum's house. My friends were always welcome at my mum's house. I realise as a mum myself now that this was actually a good tactic because if your kids and their friends are in your own home, you know where they are and what they're doing. But having an open, welcoming home is something that I have tried to take on and do. Um, I personally have a bad habit of forgetting to feed people. I'll talk and talk and talk away and people will go and I'll look at the time and I think, oops, forgot to feed them. So apologies if I've ever done that to you. The one rule that we do live by in our house that I have tried to take on from what mum taught me is that there's always room for one more. There's always room for one more. God's an amazing God and at times when I have felt physically and financially unable to do one more, God always puts it there and provides. He's amazing. The second way motherhood was modelled to me was through a spiritual mum. Now when my mum was young, her dad died and left my grandma with nine young children to care for. To help her mum out, the kids would go and spend time with various relatives in the extended family. And my mum went to spend time with her dad's stepmum and her dad's stepsister, known as Aunty Joan, and her dad's stepbrother, which was Uncle Herb. Her grandma, aunt and uncle, were Christians and introduced my mum to Christ and were far removed from the evil step families that are portrayed in the families, far from it. I came to know my Auntie Joan very well and she was my spiritual grandma. My own biological grandma, mum's mum, became a Christian in the last weeks of her life but it was her step family who had been a big part in my mum becoming a Christian. Even though Auntie Joan wasn't my biological grandma, her spiritual influence on our family has been enormous. That blessing in our family that began by my mum becoming a Christian has now flowed into my generation and into the third generation with my children and my niece. My step-aunt, great, yeah, my step-great auntie Joan was a spiritual mother. Thinking back over time, I guess my own journey as a mum began not at 24 when I had my own kids, but some years earlier when I got involved in leading youth groups and Sunday school and leading on Christian holiday camps. I remember at a youth group we used to run at North and Baptist, we used to run a Mother's Day night and we had quite a few kids in the group that um, came from broken homes. So the kids were encouraged to either bring a mum or a woman in their life who had been a significant part of their life. And I was really blown away one night when one of the kids asked me to be his mum for the night and it'll be a night night that I never forget. We have to think outside the box when it comes to being a mum and be a mum to everyone. The average Australian household has changed dramatically over time. What was once mum and dad who were married living with their two or three kids is not necessarily the case anymore. If I read the statistics correctly, the average YAS household as of the 2016 census has 2.7 people. So that's not mum and dad with two or three kids. 20% of the households in Yass are occupied by a single person. When we look at how families are made up in Yass, 
a lot of people are not living with their biological families. If we're only mothers and fathers to those within our homes, we may be mums and dads to no one. Niels and my eldest child has left home and we live with our three younger kids, but they won't always be living with us, or we can only hope anyway. And I can say that because two of them are in kids' church this morning. But my job as a Christian mum doesn't start and finish with them. Yes, it has been the bulk of being a mum and the most important part of being a mum, but my job as a mum is to be a mum to everyone. But what is a mum, as the Bible tells us to be? In Genesis 3 verse 20, Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. Eve only had three biological sons, yet she was named Eve because she would be the mother of all the living. In the Chronicles of Narnia, which my family loves, the humans are identified as the daughters of Eve or the sons of Adam. It was something used to identify someone as human, not because they were the biological children of Adam or Eve. Eve was the mother to many more than her own biological children. She's seen as the mother of all the living. In Genesis 17, Abram and Sarai have their names changed by God to Abraham and Sarah because they would be the father and mother of many nations. Abram was called by God to step out in faith, leave his own country and his own people and go to a land promised by God. He left his biological homeland and set out. We read how Abram is told in Genesis 12 verse 3 that all the peoples on earth would be blessed through him. That blessing ultimately occurs in Jesus. Jesus was biologically descended from Abraham and Sarah, but the blessing of Jesus isn't just limited to those who are biologically descended from Abraham and Sarah. The blessing was for all people of all nations. By accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, we become part of that family. By accepting Christ, we are grafted onto the family tree. We become the children of God and we receive the blessing promised to Abraham and Sarah all those many years ago. Their choice to follow God becomes our blessing and we become part of their family by accepting Christ. The descendants on Abraham and Sarah's family tree are not biological but spiritual. As I said earlier, the typical household is changing. But then Jesus himself was not born into a typical family. He was raised by one biological parent, his mum, and also by Joseph, who I guess would have been his stepfather because Matthew 1 verse, Matthew 1 verse 18 tells us that Mary was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Joseph was not Jesus' biological father, yet Joseph raised Jesus as if he was his own. I believe Jesus himself wants us to think outside the box of a biological family. He wants us to love our Christian family as if they were flesh and blood. We're all one body. In Matthew 12, 46 to 50, as Neil read, while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brother stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to talk to you. He replied, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. And I want to say that to you today. For whoever does the will of our Father is our brother and sister and mother. 
on the day Christ was crucified, at the foot of the cross stood Jesus' mother and the disciple John. Jesus was on the cross and some of the final words he said was to comfort his mother. He said that John was to be Mary's son and Mary was to be John's mother. They weren't biological, mother and son. It didn't matter. Jesus wanted them to think outside the box of biology and care for one another because by following Christ, they were the one family. And once we become Christians, the ideas of biological constraints to family disappear and we all become each other's brother, sister, mother, father, son, daughter. That does put a responsibility onto each of us because as Christians, we should be striving to be a brother, sister, mother, father, son or daughter to everyone in our church family. This means we need to invest into the lives of everyone into this family but on the flip side, it also means we have others investing into us as well. An article on Christianity Today website highlights this and it refers to Titus 2 verses 3 to 5 which is talking about teaching the older women to be reverent in the way they live, to teach what is good so they can urge on the younger women in their lives. And the article says, Titus 2 to 3 to 5 gives us a brief glimpse of the importance of this role in the church with Paul instructing Timothy to ask the older women to act in the lives of the younger counterparts. Both men and women need spiritual mothers. In the early days of the church, with few models to follow, people needed spiritual mothers and fathers to teach them how to be Christians. In modern times, this role seems just as important. Many young people live far away from their parents and naturally occurring intergenerational community is rare. Being a mum is a frontline ministry in our own homes, but being a mum is also thinking outside the box of our own biology and being proactive in filling our roles in our church family. Look for ways to be a mum or dad. Get involved in ministry, not because it's something that interests you or because you feel good by doing it, but because you could be a spiritual mum or dad to someone. Think outside the box of your own interests and I'll throw a shameless plug in here again for the women's retreat next Saturday. We're talking about investing and inspiring and involving. And you can do that in the life of another woman if you come to the retreat on Saturday. Join the kids' church team, men and women. Help with playgroup or the movies in the holidays. There's plenty of ways to be a mum or dad. Find someone you could mentor or pray regularly for. Join a life group. Start your own. Meet someone to read the Bible and pray together. Send texts, make phone calls, anything that will encourage someone or help someone and that will invest into the life of our church family. I've helped at playgroup a couple of times. I've got no small children anymore. My kids are too old and too big for playgroup and there's been a couple of measures taken to ensure that I never do have children that age ever again. But by being there and helping the parents and the kids that do come, I'm pouring into a pool of resources for the body of Christ. When I do that, I'm a mum. If you can cut things out and glue things together, you could be a mum or dad for messy church without actually needing to be there on the day, although that would be awesome too. Because when you cut things out and glue things together, even though that may seem small, you're pouring something into the pool of resources for the body of Christ.
and you're being a mum or dad. Our roles change from time to time. Sometimes we find we're a mother in our, or father in our church and others, other times we find ourselves as sons and daughters. And a few years ago, I had my left foot reconstructed and 12 months later, my right foot. And yes, it was more painful than it sounds. Don't let me hide that at all. It, yeah, it was bad. I was out of action for a long, long time after each surgery and after each surgery we were blessed with meals for weeks. It not only helped in a practical sense but also financially because it freed up money for us to be travelling to and from the Sid- to Sydney for all the specialist appointments I had to go to. And once I was out of plaster, a friend from the church drove me across to the heated pool in Canberra each week so that I could get movement back in my foot. Someone else from the church anonymously paid for me to have a personal trainer once a week so that I could get some movement and keep some sort of fitness while I was sitting on my lounge at home for months on end. At that time, I was a daughter and others from the church were my mother and father. My role in the body of believers was different at that time, but it was just as important. Being a mum is sometimes receiving help and being a daughter. As Christians, we are no longer individuals. We are a body. We no longer operate according to our own wishes and interests, which is the way the world would have us operate, using the words me, I, mine. As Christians, we pull our finances, our talents, our time. I find personally that I struggle to accept help and take stuff out of that pool of resources. I often feel like I need to do it all myself and that I'm somehow less of a mum when I get help. I'm embarrassed when I get help. But I have a lovely friend who is mum, sister, friend and prayer partner all rolled into one who once told me off and said that stopping people from helping me was stopping people from having a chance to bless someone. So being that role as a daughter, even if it's for a time, is actually quite important because it gives other people the chance to be a mother or father. Because as Christians, we're no longer individuals, we're one body. There's a saying that says, it takes a community to raise a child. That is so very true and it's done very well when Christ is the centre of that community, when that community is the body of Christ. It means we are not alone as Christian parents because we have our Christian community, our family, all around us. If you need help babysitting, advice for raising teenagers, help with washing, help with moving, or someone who would just listen to you and make you feel loved, please don't be embarrassed or nervous about asking. We're all one body and all one family in Christ. Your children are mine, mine are yours, sorry. We are each other's sons, daughters, brothers, mums, dads and so on. We can't just sit back and let it happen though. We need to look for ways to invest into and bless others in our church family. Our church is growing to the point where it's impossible to talk to everyone on a Sunday morning. So we need to be proactive where to connect with our church family. Offer to hold someone's baby while they have a cup of tea. Have someone else's kids over. Visit someone in hospital. Send texts. Make phone calls. Meet someone at the park. As Nick encouraged us last week with how Jonathan came alongside David and gave him strength, Nick encouraged us that if we saw 
a David next to us, be a Jonathan. And I want to encourage you to do the same. Be a Jonathan. Give someone strength. Be proactive in seeking someone you could give strength to. That means looking outside our own interests, our own comfort zone, to do whatever it takes to invest into our church family. Love is often spelt T-I-M-E. Yes, it takes time, but an hour here or there might just make the lifetime of difference to someone in our church family. It might give them the strength to keep on going. Remember that in the hands of Christ, what seems a small thing can have a big impact on the kingdom. I've had many times in the past when I've felt disheartened and I feel like I'm not getting anything from that Christian pool of resources and my church family. I'm ashamed to say that, but I have. But I have found that that happens at times when I've distanced myself from God, when grief isolates me or my health isolates me or if I'm feeling really low in my mood. And I find that Satan uses those things to make me feel isolated and alone. It's got nothing to do with the church family. The pool and the family and the love is all there. I just don't feel like it is. And I think Satan wants to do that to us. He wants to cut us off. He wants to cut us off from those who can love and support us so that we feel alone. Your experiences may be different, but... Yeah, I just think Satan really wants to make us feel weak and isolated like that. And I know for myself, at those times, I need to reconnect. I need to be proactive. But I also need to take comfort in the, in the, the fact that Christ is more powerful than any attack from the enemy and that I'm never alone when I am in him. I really feel overall, though, that I've taken more out than I could ever put into our church family But even if it was even, even if I put in more, I'm blessed. And that's because I'm a part of this amazing body of believers. I'm just so blessed being able to do life with each one of you. I'm never alone. Being a mum is to be a frontline ministry worker in your own home, in our families, as we raise our children. This work is not always intriguing but it is infinitely invaluable to God's family. We need to be all in and follow Christ with all our hearts to be all we can be as parents. We need to remember that scripture tells us that being a parent is far more than biology. We had to think outside the box because being a Christian is about doing life with all those in the body of Christ. We need to be proactive in seeking ways to be mothers and fathers to everyone. But sometimes we need to be daughters. And and so I'm reminded of a time actually just recently this last week when I've been a daughter as well. Um, somebody um, put some money in an envelope for us and that's been able to pay for the accommodation we need for when Rach goes to Sydney in a couple of weeks for surgery. I'm forever grateful for that. Another friend made it possible for Rach and I to go away a couple of days this week as a like pre-surgery holiday, something like that. And I'm just so blessed. I can't tell you how blessed I am by being a part of this body of Christ. So sometimes we need to be daughters and receive and accept help from other mothers and fathers in the body of Christ. 
as I finish today, I just want to encourage you in a few ways. Firstly, if you are struggling as a parent, please speak to someone, either over a cuppa this morning or through the week. Ring or text someone and ask them for a cuppa and pray together. You are not alone. We are one body. We are one family. Secondly, please find a way to be a mum or dad within our church family. Be proactive. Find ways to pour into that pool of resources. Ring or text someone this week. Join a ministry. Mind someone's kids. Walk alongside and pray for someone who you might be able to help or be a strength to. Don't wait to be asked. Seek ways to help. If you're not sure what to do, I encourage you to speak to Nick or Carl and they can point you in the right direction. And finally, remember that God invented family. When we give our lives to Christ, we become family without biological constraints. We become each other's mother, father, sister, brother, son, daughter. We do life together from that point onward and we become one family. And I just want us to see ourselves as a vital part of that family and to seek ways to be family to each other. So if our music team would like to come back up, we're going to sing again now before we close. But as we do that, if you would like prayer for something, please reach out to the person nearest to you. Um, If you see a mum, go and pray for her. If you see a woman who isn't a mum, go and pray for her. Let's build each other up and let's honour our mums, our spiritual mums and the women that will be both of those. If you need help as a mum or you need prayer, please ask. I'll be down the front. Please feel free to come down either during the song or afterwards and I will pray for you. Don't wait to be asked to pray for one another. You don't need an introduction. You don't need a theology degree. You just need to go to the person near you you and pray. And I'll close and then we'll sing. Lord, I thank you for our mums. I thank you for these women who are in frontline ministry every day. I pray for those that are doing it tough and questioning their position in the body of Christ. I pray for those women and I pray that they will be uplifted, that they will call out for help and they will feel like they are not alone. I pray for all of us that we will seek ways to be spiritual mums and dads to everyone within our church family, that we will build support and encourage one another, that we will share in one another's triumphs and trials and walk this life together as one body. Amen. If you've been blessed and encouraged by this message, we'd love you to become a part of the Aspaptist family. Log on to ycbc.church to find out more.